I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. April was just about three seconds ago before I pressed record saying, so I got laid last night and it was really fun. And I was like, I might as well press the button. So tell us about you getting laid the other night and well, why it was so much fun. Went back from, I just went back. I just. Are you a time traveler? I just <laughs> got back from Napa. 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 I had been, I went up with uh, my friend, uh, Amy. My friend, Amy? That wasn't you? No, it's my friend, Brianna, who does the postpartum podcast. Uh We can say her name on the air because she has the podcast we've talked about. Let's tell our listeners what the postpartum podcast It's the postpartum stories is really cool, y'all. You should check it out. Go to... Postpartum, postpartum stories. It's on iTunes and it's real mamas. It's every other week talking about their journey through uh, n- not really the birth, but after postpartum. It's not about depression. Sometimes it can include, sometimes it's just them being real, mm-hmm. the real, real. Because Brianna felt when she, she was going through her per- postpartum situation, there weren't a lot of resources where people got real about what it was like to be a new parent. They're and like, it's it's great. It's there. blissful. And like, it's fucking hard. She was th- thought how about how hard it was and how many resources there should be for folks out there. So check it out. If you are a mom or a parent, uh, or a postpartum stories. Yeah. Uh, and there's quite a few on there already that are beautiful. Uh, I and think also folks who are in a partnership with someone who is pregnant or postpartum. Totally. You, I think it would be helpful for you to go listen well, to that as was, well. So it you was can be help- an ally. Uh, also, it was helpful for me because I am not a mother. Oh, and as a friend. As a friend. And you're so, the godmother, aren't you? And I'm the godmother of her child. You're who's the godmother. Amazing. The godmother. <laughs> so I went to Napa with her because she needed a little getaway, you know, just to keep her sanity and drink some wine. And I'm the wine drinking buddy. Um, mm. And... So I got back after being gone for a few days and my partner was super tired and I was, you know, exhausted, kind of hung over a little bit from all my wine excursions. And we did record a podcast as well. So it was just a long day. And then we taught. And then we taught a class. Wow. So I got home and I wanted to just curl up on the couch, uh, but we went into the bed and like we turned on um, a movie and both of us just started making out heavily. Ooh, good old making out. Yeah. Two years into the relationship. Two I years. I like in. it. And we started making out, kissing, and just French kissing. Oh, the French. Yes. Oh, we oui, we. Oui. Oh, my <laughs> wee, the French with tongue. Oh, French you are. I mean, is that not the right way to call it? I mean, I just kissing making with out the tongue? to me. I, I do you making out to me means that tongue is somewhat involved in my book. Oh, really? Do you, do you ever make out where there's no tongue? Would you call it ever making out? Would you ever call it making out when there's absolutely no tongue, even if the tongue only does a sneak peek for two seconds? Yes. You make out with open mouth. Just like just a like, gaping just fish. Like ri- 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 I'm being <laughs> like resuscitated with CPR. It's <laughs> a goldfish. It's like. <laughs> so we started in on the making out, and then we had some really fun 
I I came, he came, we it was probably about 20 to 30 minute session and it was really fun. And uh, then we kind of connected afterward and did some aftercare with each other, like some heavy petting and cuddling and then went to sleep. Do you think that it was really fun because the making out was there and that's kind of a novelty? We don't make out as much as uh, I have in the past or it's not as important, I think, for Did you in the beginning? No, we okay. never really have been like a big maker outers. Oh, you miss making out. I and I tell. miss making out. And I've told him and he listened. <gasps> he listened. Good job, partner. He just, I think a lot of times he just gets into the mode where he's just Ooh, trying I'm to so please excited. me. And yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So that was really fun. And we had uh, a fun session and it was nice to reconnect. And then uh, t- last night, because that was two nights ago. It wasn't last night. I thought I got laid last night. And then I remembered, no. Nope. No, Crickets. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, we wa- we were both so tired. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get my period, so I'm exhausted. Does that happen to you? No, it doesn't. Mm-mm. I get extra sleepy. Uh, where I'm just exhausted. I get introverted. I and I'll have these couple of days when why do I not really want to be around people? And sometimes I just don't fucking want to be around people. It's not related to hormones. I'm because <laughs> I have total introverted only child tendencies. Um, no, you don't count. Oh, okay, good. Be it's, it's people that I have to put effort in. You know, I don't have to effort with you. I don't have to effort with my partner. These right. are just people that I can completely meet. And I have a number of those people in my life where I can just be me. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's where I have to put effort into conversation that I no, need no, me time. Me time. It almost drains you. Yeah. I, for some reason, I just get really tired and I'll almost to the point where I can't keep my eyes open yeah. at night at nine o'clock. I'll be. That feels so good. I love that. It feeling, does. Though. And then but I want to sleep until nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's because you're coming back from Napa. Party Probably. Mode. Maybe that's you're really the real real time. Your body is in recovery mode. <laughs> Completely. That's because you didn't have the margins wine with the low sulfites. I did use a lot of Uber loop during my session. What did you really? Yeah, he was pumping it. I could hear it go noise. Just a little tiny. That's a lot. If you just did four pumps, that's a lot. Of I was just doing it for the sake of oh. the sound. Yeah. So it was like one little. I think two little. I <laughs> 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 like that. Should that be their slogan? Yeah, maybe. With And then Amy, super uber lube cape. Ah, I don't know where you came up with that, but I need to make one Uber of those. Loop. Uber lube, everyone. If you don't know, now you know that it is amazing. It's one of our favorite lubes. We've been I we've been a fan of lubes this lube for years, uh, years upon years before I even knew anyone from the company. I heard about it from other sex educators as one of the best lubes out there. It's a silicone lube. It's long lasting. It never gets sticky. It has no flavor. It has no scent, and it's something I actually want all over my body. Like I literally put on my cuticles when they're dry. I put on my nipples just yeah. to make them softer. I do it. Yeah, I I actually had some dry skin on my back, like my itchy spot, kind of mm. on my back. And itchy I bun? It wasn't itchy bun. <laughs> no, an itchy bun. It was like itchy upper back in an awkward place. It was hard for me to reach, and so I put some Uber Lube on there, and it went away. Not saying that it will cure that for you, but it has vitamin E in it, so it will moisturize your skin. So I highly recommend it. There's a lot of doctors on board recommending it to their patients as one of the best lubes for them to use because it's very um, not very common for people to have any negative reactions to it. Really wonderful lubricant. Oh, that's good news. So go check it out, uberlube.com. If you use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get 10% off, and you get free shipping. What? I, that's good news. I have to deliver some bad news. You're pregnant. Why would that be bad news? Because I'm selfish and I want you all to myself. <laughs> no. Uh, Margin's wine is sold out. 
shit. But that means we still get until wine, right? June. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm hoping. Uh, I didn't clear that with so Megan. She, she doesn't even have her new stuff, and it's already it's sold already out. we. Th- she pre-sold everything because it's small batch. So, folks, awesome. the only it, way to get Margins Wine the next time it ships, which will be June is to go to marginswine.com. The people that get the newsletter can pre-buy all the wine before anyone else. Yep. So FYI, go to marginswine.com. If you have never had it, you're new to listening, maybe you're listening to this podcast, it's way past June 2019, you might be able to get some wine. Uh, so I don't have any coupon codes because she sold out. Well, go sign up the newsletter so you know, and then you'll know why we're obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, before I read the, the bio, though, I do want to just say one quick thing about the making out thing. We've talked about oh. this before. I want to do an episode on kissing on this. So if anyone knows any uh, expert kissers that should be guests on our show that have podcasting experience and are, are either sex educators or something along those lines, I think it'd be a great episode. And what I will say, this is the number one, not number one. I always say that. Number one. This number is two. A very Thank you, number, <laughs> number two. Eight. This, is, yeah. <laughs> this is a very common thing in long-term relationships. You're saying that it really wasn't ever there in the beginning because it's not that important to your partner. But that is one of the first things that gets thrown out the door in intimacy in long-term partnerships where people stop making out. I, I have people in my life uh, who are in long-term relationships or married. And I, I'll talk about making out with my partner, who I've been with for over five years, but we still make out and kiss a ton and they'll say, I want to make out. I miss making out. And it's because people start, I figure out your body. We go right to the genitals or the nipples or whatever. And so it's a re- you have a smile on your face. Because I'm just thinking about something. My partner will pretend he's going to go in for a kiss. And I get really excited. And then he flicks my full face. And then you don't get the kiss? No. And <gasps> I'm like, come on, stop it. I want to kiss. He messes with me like that a lot. And I was just thinking about that because it cracks me up. I feel like he's like a little lizard. He's Sometimes like a, he's like, like an eight-year-old lizard. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. an eight-year-old lizard <laughs> who's also fifty. He does it to me. <laughs> he does that shit to me all the time. Oh. I was just thinking about it, laughing. That's it is funny, funny though, because he does. It just messes it, with me. And it's I'm like, funny, hey. and I also am hearing that you would like the kisses and the making outs, uh, and maybe not all the time, but on the occasion, you would like a little more of that. So, and here's another thing working in your favor, though. Because it's rare when you actually get it, it makes it extra it. exciting. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. I think that is it is important uh, to keep that alive. I had a lot of making out with my ex partner and H- the hus. Yeah, the ex hus. Ex hus. Yeah. Yeah, making out. But it, it, it got kind of. Uh, you got sick of it, didn't you? It got. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I'm like, God. I am a complex creature. Once you get a whole bunch of it, you're like, fuck. I was like, man, I don't really need it. I want it <laughs> just right. Okay, Goldie April over here and Goldilocks. <laughs> this one's, this porch is too cold. I know, this one's too hot. I want it just right. Okay, now it's just right. Now I'm bored. Now I'm bored, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's read the bio and let's dive into the podcast. We're keeping it short and sweet because this is a bonus episode. We release episodes every week, every Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Those are our... Um, that's, that's our day that we guarantee you that we all, we've never missed a Tuesday. And sometimes we like to give you a free gift of an extra episode on another day of the week, just because we love you. And we recorded this episode with someone that was recommended to us because people wanted a specific topic and happy birthday. Merry, Merry Hanukkah. And it's an important topic. So it's good to, yeah. to kind of get some info on it from someone that knows and has good resources because knowledge is power. Yeah. That mean not me getting the last word, April, because I'm going to read a bio now. Amy always gets the last word. I always I tell think, her My that. last word is usually like, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's like squeaking. I'm like a child. All right. <clears throat> Everyone. 
Laura Delarado, and if you don't know how to spell it, it's D-E-L-A-R-A-T-O, is a writer, video maker, body image activist, artist, and sex educator based in NYC, New York City. Her art and essays have appeared in Travel and Leisure, Refinery29, NBC, BeautyCon, Men's Health, Huffington Post, Allure, Ravishly Revelist and Salty Mag, The Horizontal, and Le Wand. And she has spoken on topics of body image and wellness at Decoded Future Summit, Project Heal, Body Politic NYC, the Brooklyn Sex Expo, and Fusion Academy. Her work is deeply planted within body politics, fitness, sex education, and plus size representation. Follow Laura on Instagram where she posts about her body acceptance. Art, erotic art and wellness or visit lauradelorado.com are you ready to dive in she up oh yeah here we go all right everyone it is episode time once again this episode uh was actually brought to us via request from listeners um, i'm not sure if a listener actually referred uh, this speaker laura delarado or if uh the listener just asked for this topic because our wonderful intern page handles that um and uh we this just goes to show we really listen to your requests for topics for speakers um and this speaker was requested because people wanted uh more topics on more body diversity so sex for plus size folks for curvy folks um as opposed to uh whatever you usually see in mainstream world and mainstream press uh, so we're really excited to have this this um, this speaker here to to speak to our listeners. And but before or and <laughs> before we dive in, um, want to take a moment to give a shout out to OMG. Yes, if you've listened to our podcast, you've heard us talk about this a million times, but we can't emphasize enough how much we love OMG. Yes, that's omgs.com. Uh, it's an online program. It's a sex ed program where you get to learn all about external vulva pleasure. It's tasteful videos showing you real human beings, female body folks, showing you how the pleasure that they have, how they have the pleasure they have, the techniques that they use. Uh, they're not diddling themselves into orgasm, but they're literally going, well, I touch here for about this long at this at this speed, and then I move here, and it's, you know, I like swirls, I like edging, I like tapping, and it gives you all these ideas on for what you can do for your own body, your own vulva, or a vulva if you're a vulva admirer. Maybe if you don't know how to touch a vulva and you're a little scared, uh, it can help to get rid of that fear. We can let it speak for itself. Just go to omgs.com backslash, slash, I always do that, backslash shameless sex. Is it just shameless? Nope, it's just shameless. You will it's, figure it out. It's so funny. My mom just sent me a text message. She's like, Amy, you guys need to write down all the codes. So mom, shout out to you that we will actually do it after this podcast. Uh, that yeah, omgs.com backslash shameless and you get uh, you get $5 off of installing $39 and you can watch the videos unlimited times. They're all your 62 videos and even modules to practice on actual vulvas. Woo! Well, on a screen. <laughs> then you go find your own vulva or another vulva to practice on consensually. Uh, all right. So anyways, uh, so this podcast, we kind of already did an intro. You know what you're in for. Welcome, Laura. We're super excited to have you here. Thanks for joining our show. So we did our, the, we told our listeners who you are, but can you tell our listeners more about yourself and how you got to where you are today, your journey and, and got you to the place you are doing the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I, uh, gosh, it's, it's like, I almost sometimes want to be like, well, I was a kid and I, uh, realized that I was very different from everyone, but I'm sure not that far back. I should be going. The way I really started was I was really trying hard to figure out who I was in my body and really going through a lot of hard times with eating disorders in my early twenties. And I was in the process of trying to figure out that and making sure that I could be healthy and be safe. And as I was going through that recovery, I happened to find a job at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. And I became a sex educator through that. Basically, these two parallel paths of my life of I want to learn about sex education because I do believe that it helps us be great and wonderful and autonomous beings while also trying to understand I deserve to have value because of my natural body sort of propelled me into this world where I talk about myself and my confidence and be a confident plus size woman. And then as I was following my own journey, other people started following it with me as well. So I was writing for a lot of blogs and I was being interviewed for a lot of places. And then all of a sudden, now we're here, now it's 2019. I am a person who gets to be put on panels and gets right for larger places. And I get to be an expert in my field, which is really fun. And now that I have this really cool, weird newsletter called 1-800-HEY-LAURA, where I literally talk about sex education and body positivity twice a month, I get to expand that world and that conversation to so many other people. On top of it, I'm super naked on the internet. So that allows for just so many more people to be like, naturally gravitated towards me. I think it's been like pretty healthy 12-year journey in finding my voice, finding who I am, and watching people grow with me and grow within body positivity as a culture. And I sort of stumbled upon this job that I didn't expect turn into anything. And then once I got there, I was I feel so much more confident in myself. I feel so much like I have so much more autonomy just because I've learned so much about sex education, how to speak up for the things I want. Would you say that and that's like, part, part of what helped you? I mean, so that was my question about what body confidence is and and how you got to be your confident self in your body was was being so immersed in conversations around sexual diversity. Was that helpful? Like, what what are your kind of advice or tips for people? Or I guess or I'm, or your experiences that got you to to be so confident? Absolutely, because we forget, I mean, not that we forget, but we take for granted the fact that when you have sex, you got to get naked. Getting naked now, not only are you physically removing this barrier between you and another person, but now there's an emotional barrier that you have to remove. And we don't realize until we become sexual beings and start focusing on our own pleasure, how impactful that is. So I was at the pleasure chest. I was still in this process of trying to get rid of an eating disorder. And I was surrounded by the most sex positive, educational, wonderful human beings who every single day when I went to work was pleasure, education, um, having autonomy for your own body are the things that the tenants of the pleasure chest and the tenants of like the things that we would talk about. And so every single day was just this reminder and this kind of a bit of recovery for me, which was super interesting. And I not necessarily the like where I thought my recovery would come from. And every single time I would go inside or like talk to another person, it was just another education of why you should value your body, value what you put in your body, what you put on your body, who comes near your body. And so through that, I was finding my own value with my body. So it was, the, it was real. So everyone who's struggling with their body, just get a job at a sex toy shop and you will be fine. 
Right. So, and that's a great segue into, um, I think, a really important question for our listeners, body confidence and any suggestions, tips, et cetera, for how someone can gain more confidence in their body. Obviously, yeah, get a job at a sex, sex shop. What else do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Number one, um, uh, honestly, the, the one thing that's so prevalent right now is social media and Instagram, and we're inundated with images all the time. Um, and, you know, for example, right now, 2% of the images that we see have plus size women in it, which means that I don't get to see myself represented at all in anything. And when I do see myself represented, it's always a character, like Fat Amy or Fat Monica, a character whose entire entire characteristics all, all revolve around her weight and her size and whether or not she's even valuable in that. So what I usually tell people is go to your Instagram and get rid of everyone who makes you feel like shit about your body. Not necessary. Unfollow everyone. And then follow people who you see yourself in, who love themselves, and expose yourself to yourself. Because the more you see yourself in a bikini or another person who looks like you, who's like really loves their body, the more you'll say your brain will go, oh, that's, I recognize that as value. And you can then, that transfers to yourself and then you can see value within yourself. So just do a whole Instagram scrap and find some cool people. <laughs> Take inventory of your Instagram folks. That's important. Uh, yeah. I, I get jealous of vacation takers. <laughs> and stop watching oh that. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfollow those people. <laughs> do you, so do you think, because I mean, I know that we live in, so there's what we would call a fat shaming culture, especially in mainstream media, but, and then there's not even media, there's social media as well. Um, do you think that um, it's in the United States that it's getting better? Is it getting worse? Is like, is it shifting? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good question. I don't, I think not necessarily that it's getting better or worse, that it's becoming a little more, we're seeing a lot more of it because we're, people are starting to talk about it a lot more. So I don't think it's necessarily decreasing or increasing. I just think that we're becoming more aware because of the fact that we have social media. And I would say that the more I see it towards myself, we have more language around it. We have more of a support system around it. And we have more people who are like, not willing to stand for it because fat shaming doesn't necessarily is not necessarily like someone just you're fat that's not sure that's a pretty easy example to do it or being told that you're promoting obesity fat shaming is also when someone comes up to me and they're like oh my god you look just like rosie o'donnell or you look just like rebel wilson and i'm like i look like neither one of those people but the fact that i'm being lumped in this category of just fat women is truly crazy and not necessarily that like doesn't seem like it's shaming but it's almost you're an other you've just been othered so I'm othering you into a category that I recognize which is these two random celebrities who happen to be fat so there's actually like, there are some studies too which maybe you're familiar with that talk about how folks especially women uh, there is it there is not an exact weight to be healthy quote unquote it's whatever is good for you so it doesn't matter it's not your BMI or um, I think it's actually and I keep referring to her almost every episode I think it's Emily Nagowski <laughs> she's a genius and she talks about income as you are where it's not about uh, being met what the what the doctors are saying or it's how you feel and if you feel good and what you take in about yourself isn't looking in the mirror and being a specific size it's how you feel 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. If I was supposed to be thin, I would have already been there. It would have already happened. If I think about every single lifestyle change and diet told I should do and have tried and every single bit of medication that I've been on and every single sports activity and every single fitness regimen I've done, like it would have already happened. And my body always naturally has gravitated towards this who was size 18. I can either spend so many miserable hours trying to fight a size and a body shape that I naturally have, or I can be really accepting to it and love it and care about it and give it the food that it wants, find value in that. Someone's health is it's so relative. And I, I was thinking about how when, you know, when people, so say someone actually loses a bunch of weight and people comment, oh, you're so skinny, you look so good. And it, I, and there's part of it that maybe that feels good for them also reinforces that you're better when you're skinny. And yeah. the whole you look so good thing is, is not, it's like, how do you feel about your body? Because someone, they, they might be sick or struggling with something else, right? It's like, oh, you look so yeah. It's it's how you feel about your body. Of course, if you have any health issues, like you're diabetic because you're eating too much sugar or drinking too much alcohol, like sometimes I do, and things are happening, you just have to feel happens. good and healthy. I always think about at the thinnest part of my life, which was when I was probably at the height of my eating disorder, that was the most unhappy that I was, but it was the time where I got the most compliments. Everyone just kept being like, you look so healthy. And I was probably the most unhealthy moment of my life. Now, of course, I get told that I'm healthy all the time because of the way I look. But the whole thing is really, um, this is kind of mind prison all the time where we just are told that our bodies are invaluable, no matter if you are thin or are fat or are sick or are chubby or whatever it is, you're just constantly being told that you're not good enough. And when you when people say things like associating value to losing weight, that's a hard one because we are all, again, in this mind prison where we're trained to think that taking up less space or being thinner is has significantly more value. We all have value. And so I just like, I think it's just like a mind shift change that we all have to do. Being a little more aware of when someone has lost weight to not immediately go to you look healthier, you look better thing because at no point in any weight loss or weight gain that I've ever done have I ever really looked any different. But yeah, I think it's just being more cognizant of the way we talk about things, especially food. The thing that I get a lot is when I'm around people and someone's like, I'm going to have a healthy lunch or a healthy salad. Can you just have a salad? It's totally cool to just have a salad. The people around you, you don't recognize what kind of eating journey or food journey or body journey that, that they have around the word health. We're all so susceptible to it. And what, so what, let's bring it to the, the juicy stuff of the topic of sex. What are some things that people should know about sex for uh, curvy folks, for plus size folks, or folks who are intimate with, uh, with curvy folks? What are there, do you have any specific tips for them? I think the biggest thing that I notice, especially within my sex life and within the sex lives of like friends and with people who I know who sleep with other plus size women or plus size people, is that there's always a preconceived notions around plus size bodies are going to hurt you. Like they're going to be too heavy or you can't get on top or that you feel gross or that you don't look sexy um, or that you have body limitations, which is why you're fat and like you can't do certain things. And I think we need to just throw all of those out and to not go into that sexual experience with those. Because if I sit on you and you have pain, just tell me. It doesn't take a lot of weight for like an elbow to dig into someone's body for it to be painful. It's just a matter of shifting your bodies. All of those things that you've heard and thought and told by every single dumb 
movie that has shown a terrible representation of fat sex, throw it out of your brain because it really is just, it's just sex and bodies are bodies. The other thing that I would say that comes to my mind all the time is representation around uh, fat bodies and plus size bodies and sex. Because when I, I've seen every, or at least I've tried, I've tried to see every single major TV show movie that represents that. And it's always this weird joke. It's always that person's so fat that they, that's the whole scene, this funny thing. So then I think about how are plus size women represented in porn. And it's always in this objectifying your body part, your, your belly, your boobs, everything. And so then when I go on Tinder and try to date like a normal person, people immediately gravitate towards objectifying language with me. I want to touch your belly or I want to touch your stomach. I want to feed you. I want to do these things. So not only are plus size women constantly represented as an object, but then they're represented as a fetish. So then when I try to just be a normal person and date like a normal person like everyone else, all that information is being funneled through this app or through a drink at a bar or just talking on the street, objectify you and fetishize you for everything. You're talking to a normal human being who has a body who has value. Yeah, I like Yeah, I, li- I like that. And I think... So Sorry, all the ranting, my bad. No, no, that's great. And I, and I just want to talk about like the, the fetishizing thing there that... Um, there's, there's a couple of parts you're talking about. There's, you know, mainstream media that has kind of put, um, plus size folks into this like narrow category for what their experience are like. And then, you know, in, in the, the, the fetish world too, there's actual people who do fetishize certain types of people, certain objects, certain things. Um, and I guess I don't, I don't think, I think that you can totally have a fetish for, um, someone such as a plus size person in a way that is really respectful. So I think I just I wanted to kind of clarify that. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm not consenting to being fetishized for my body. I am being a woman who's dating in the world, who's being thrown like fetish, fetish language at me. You don't get to be like a person. You get to be this thing all the time. I totally have all the fetishes in the world and those are really beautiful and wonderful. So it's totally like a consensual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can make make all of our sexual interests um, consensual ones, uh, beautiful with respect and consent. How can so? How can someone be an ally for the plus size folks in their lives? Maybe it's not someone that they're besides the respect point. Besides the respect, right. yeah, and, and like so, yeah. not fetishizing, and, and of course having respect. But it, maybe it's not even someone that they're sleeping with. You know, how can someone be a ally, a good friend, a good family member to someone who, yeah, and support. Go pretend for a day that you're size 22 or size 18 and buy me a, buy a suit. Just go find it. Go find it for me or buy a dress. Buy a dress that doesn't suck. That isn't a $10 more or 10 or $20 more than a straight size. Um, Find it for me in a store. Just take a second and realize there are options that are not available to everyone. I think that's a really good way to be respectful is to have a moment where you go, I'm going to just put myself in these shoes for a hot second and recognize plus size bodies actually live in a very different world. And I think that's that empathy and that acknowledgement and just having that experience allows for people to be more aware and then they can talk about that experience and they can be more respectful. I'm standing, I'm in the financial district and I'm standing downtown and I can think right now, I'm probably about a good four miles in a circumference around me from 
actual clothes that I can buy in a store. Having that acknowledgement allows for people to just be a little more aware. Um, and also, I think another part of it is just talk to another plus size person, like talk to a plus size person. Hey, when what is your experience in the world? Tell me about it. Tell me about how you talk about your body. I want to talk to you about how I talk about my body. And just having mutual respect, and that allows people to have more conversations and what I, I guess we should ask at the beginning, but what, what would you categorize yeah. as plus size? You know, when we speak to plus size, there's one size and plus size. What is what? How would you define plus size? That's a great question. And I feel like I'm constantly defining it for myself. I think that there is a, a very easy way to categorize it as far as clothing. 18 plus is plus size. There are people who are more of their weight in their ass versus their stomach versus somewhere else versus their size that don't allow to sit in certain chairs. So I think it's more of a case-by-case basis. I know it's, it sounds like so, it's such a gray area, unfortunately, because I probably wouldn't consider myself plus size if I went to like a very specific part of the country that has more people who have my body size. But the fact that I'm in New York, I am very much plus size. So I think it's more of case-by-case where you are, who is being represented in those areas, who has access to things in those areas, who gets to be a person in those areas. Yes, I can feel you with the regional size shifts. I mean, I lived in, I lived abroad in um, Israel and sizes there were so different. People just tend to be a lot smaller boned and they're like, you're a big American. You have no idea. Like the size ranges in the U.S. are so different. And then I grew up in Wisconsin, you know, and it's just, it's very much, I think just if we use mindfulness in general, yeah. openness and just humans are humans. Let's just be respectful, mindful, loving. How about that? How about that? Oh. No objectifying or judging. So anyway, that's, that's just a really good point that, I, that I'm happy that you brought up. I get casted in certain things. I've been told I'm too big or I'm too small, or I'm not the right plus size. I don't know what any of that means. It really is just about being mindful. So resources, obviously, there has to be a vast amount. And I know if you've, you're, you're well known for being an activist and writing a lot of essays. Are there other resources out there for reading or um, maybe some suggestions for sex positive, curvy sex porn, uh, different things that you'd like to share, just that your share, your last kind of words of wisdom? Absolutely. Okay. There is one porn star that I love, and her name is Claudia Kelly, and she is great BBW porn and I really love her. One thing I will say that there's a really amazing um, interconnection between queer porn and queer freshness art within porn that's happening with with plus size bodies. So companies like Crashpad and even Aorta Films, those people have made such major strides in showing plus size bodies in sexual positions and having orgasms. And then, I don't know, after that, I don't know, make your own porn, be your own inspiration. And why you look at yourself and say, I am fucking sexy. Look at me. (laughs) So Laura, amazing information. And you're also a resource. So how can people find you, work with you? Can you let our listeners know, please? Oh my gosh. You can find me on Instagram at HeyLauraHey. There are three Ys at the end of that. And you can email me at L. Delorado at gmail.com. And also you can go to my website. It's lordelorado.com. And on there, you can find my newsletter subscription link, which is 1-800-HEY-LAURA. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to us.
every single Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.